0: Gracious God, may only your words be spoken and your words be heard. Amen. This Sunday, the first Sunday after Pentecost Sunday, is what the church calendar calls Trinity Sunday. And Trinity Sunday is a day to commemorate or to celebrate that the one and holy, undivided God has been revealed to us as a trinity of persons. Using the metaphorical language of the Nicene Creed and remembering that all language about God is metaphorical, more about that in a minute, we say in the creeds that we believe God has revealed God's self to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a trinity of persons in one undivided being, God. Trinity Sunday is the only feast day in the year when we're not celebrating an event such as Easter or Pentecost or Christmas, and it's not a day that we're celebrating a person such as a saint, but rather a doctrine, a theological concept, or an idea, Trinity. I've told you before that the best preaching advice I ever got, particularly important when preaching on Trinity Sunday, is that when you're writing a sermon, try to imagine a bored 10th grader sitting about two-thirds of the way through the congregation rolling his or her eyes, looking up the ceiling and saying, so what? Who cares? So to that bored 10th grader, and the bored 10th grader in all of us, so what? Why should you care? Well, one reason is this. You, like every other human being, were created are created, are being created in the image and likeness of God. And since God is a trinity of persons in one being, that means that God is relationship. Not just that God wants a relationship with you, but that God is God's self relationship and not just any relationship a loving relationship it's not just that god wants a loving relationship with you but god is a loving relationship within and among god's own self god in other words is a loving expansive relational God. So if you and I are created and are being recreated in the image and likeness of God, what you believe about God, your thoughts about God, who you believe God to be, is very important. If you believe in a condemnatory God, a judgmental God, a distant God, guess what? You will move in the direction of condemnation, distancing, and judgment. We become what we worship. If, however, you believe that God is a loving, expansive, relational God, you'll move in the direction of loving expansiveness. What we think about God is important. Which is why efforts by theologians and liturgists to expand our language that we use beyond the traditional male-dominated language is so important. All metaphors that we use about anything are inadequate. And that's because all metaphors fall short of the reality that they're trying to convey. And so all metaphors are problematic. But because God is mystery, and because God is infinite, and because metaphors, by definition, attempt to comprehend and are reductionist, metaphors about God are especially inadequate. And the metaphorical language used in the creeds of father and son, precisely because that language is so evocative, can be particularly problematic for some. And for some, that language can be distancing and even harmful. Expansive language for the persons of the Trinity that moves us beyond the overtly male language of father and son, expansive language such as creator, Christ, and comforter, or source, word, and spirit, or Abba, Christ, and paraclete. Such language is helpful and can even be healing as long as we bear in mind that that language, too, has its own limitations. And here's what I mean by that. Because God is who God is, regardless of what or anything God does, God cannot be reduced to any role or function or activity That God does. Again, so what? Who cares? Why does this matter? What difference does all this make? Again, you were created in the image and likeness of God. That means not only that you were created to be in loving relationship, it means that you are who you are. You are beloved of God. You are loved by God. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you more or to make God love you less. And you cannot be reduced... what roles or functions or activities you do or do not do. What you do and do not do is important, but you are not what you do, and you are not what you don't do. You have a mysterious but inherent God-given dignity that no one and nothing can take away. And so does every other human being. A fascinating thing about the advances that we've made in artificial intelligence, the series and the Alexas of this world that sound more and more like humans, is that the more that we treat machines like humans, talking to them and engaging with them and even giving them names, the more we treat humans like machines, using them, referring to them by function instead of as a person. And I think part of the respecting dignity of every human being promise that we make means not reducing anyone to the role they play or the function they perform. And one final reason that bored 10th grader or the bored 10th grader inside of you right now, one more reason we should care about Trinity Sunday is that I think that Trinity Sunday can be a good corrective for modern day Christians A good corrective to overconfidence. As Nicodemus finds out in today's gospel, the more we learn about God from Jesus, the less certain and the more curious we become. The more we learn about God from Jesus, the less certain and more curious we become. God is mystery, and God as mystery can be a good corrective to too much certainty of opinion, too much sanctimoniousness, too much self-righteousness, and if you're thinking right now, yeah, I hate that in other people, I hate that in Christians, you are spectacularly missing the point. I think we could all use a little more Nicodemus question asking. A little more admitting we don't have all the answers. That we are as flummoxed and as failed and as flawed as anyone. Admitting confusion like that, admitting that God is mystery, is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And it does not mean that we don't believe anything, or that we cannot take action as a result of our beliefs, because because while God is mystery, that doesn't mean that God and God's will are secretive. From the book of Genesis right through the book of Revelation, God reveals God's self and God's desires. God has consistently told us what God desires to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. In other words, God is revelatory, God reveals God's self and God's priorities practically speaking that means that you and i created in the image and likeness of god that means that we are not called to be spiritual but rather we are called to reveal reveal bear the fruits of the spirit in our lives The fruits of the Spirit are to become evidenced in our lives. Visible, tangible, tasty. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. self-control thinking about god and worshiping god is important trinitarian theology is important but so what so what you're created in the image and likeness of the loving relationship that is god You are, at your truest self, creative, redeeming, and comforting. So what fruit of the Spirit does that belief in God, what fruit of the Spirit does our worship of God bear in the world? So what? So what love are you showing? Are we showing? What joy do you do we have? What peace do you do we bring? What forbearance and kindness are you are we modeling? So what? So what goodness? What gentleness? And what faithfulness? is more and more and more part of your everyday life as it is the reality of God. Amen.